0: So here's the question. How do independent adjusters like us, who can't hide behind corporate logos, processes and profit, who are spending our own money and reputation, how do we work in a way that lets us get work, assignments, deployments and more income without wasting time or money in this world of insurance while standing out in the crowd? That is the question, and this podcast will help guide you to the answers. My name is Chris Stanley, and this is the Independent Adjuster Podcast. Join myself and other independents on the path to non-corporate success in the insurance industry. We are IAs. Welcome back to the Independent Adjuster Podcast. I am your host and your guide. Chris Stanley. Today, we're interviewing the heavy man, Jay Contino. Jay specializes in heavy equipment and has been on the IA journey for over 20 years. Today, he's going to share his insights into how you can start writing heavy equipment claims and basically how you can write claims better in general. So, but I want you to pay attention today because last week was great The week before that was amazing, but this week is a little bit different in the sense that I go deep with Jay on a particular topic, Um, and it's kind of during the interview we start talking about heavy equipment and give you some practical things to take away. So I really want you to pay attention. I really want you to think about starting to write heavy equipment and maybe starting to learn and invest the time, effort, and energy in how to do that because I think it can increase your revenue, increase your income. So I just want you to pay attention to today's interview with Jay. All right, now, before we call Jay, I've got to tell you that today's episode is sponsored by AutoForms.co. AutoForms.co is Pass' very own automation service for IAs. What AutoForms.co does for you as an auto-damage IA is it will instantly... Fill out your total loss forms. You take your estimate, you throw it up to autoforms.co, and man, we will fill out your total loss form in seconds. No more spending 10, 15 minutes filling out the form. Just let the website do it for you. Also, what we're beta testing right now, and we announced it last week, but I want to tell you again, is so we're beta testing what we're calling admin forms. And admin forms takes your assignment sheet, you upload it to the website, bam, it gives you back an EMS. For CCC1, Auditex, Mitchell, Claim Leader for your claim system. If it accepts EMS assignments, uh, you know, files, then AutoForms can take your assignment sheet sheet you receive from the insurance company, for the IA company, and create an estimate out of it instantly. So make sure you check it out at AutoForms.co. We got a free trial for seven days. And if at sign up, because you're a podcast listener, if you use the promo code podcast, you're going to get 25% off your monthly subscription. Okay, now it's time to call and to talk with Jay Cantino.
1: Hello, Jay here.
0: Hey Jay, it's Chris Stanley with the Independent Adjuster Podcast, sir. How are you doing today? Good. I appreciate you agreeing to be on the show today, and before anyone gets antsy, we got to ask the question, it's important, why should anybody listen to what you're about to say and to your
1: story? Because where the industry is going today, um, people need to obviously ch- to change, to adapt that and change some things that, that they're doing that has, um, that has worked for us. And you know, I'm not saying that we're the only one. I'm the I'm the only answer out there. But this, I'm just going to share some of the things that we have done.
0: Awesome. So, where did this whole journey and path start? When you look back, you know, how did you get started as an IA? What, how did that journey begin?
1: I um I be, I began working in the shop in the '90s, and I I wanted I wanted more because I saw I could only further myself so much being, being at a shop. and that was when I went to work for a couple IA firms for a, f- a few years. and then I started to build some relationships over those times and where eventually I went ahead and had my uh, eventually was able to have my own appraisal, an adjusting service.
0: Now about that, about you switching, because even now as you look back, you talk about it as two separate events. And I think that's one of the things the young IAs could learn from our conversation today is that, you know, you were already in business for yourself, but you had a mental shift, right? When you were working for an IA firm, you were your own business. But then you had this epiphany that, hey, I could have a relationship directly with somebody one tier up, so to speak. So, what was that mental shift like for you?
1: It, I felt like I always had to have, um, being a step ahead of everybody else. Um, you know, to, to always be able to plan for the future and not get, um, stagnant in what I was doing.
0: I find that myself as, a entrepreneur as an adjuster uh, you know as an ia that not getting stagnant as you put it is is pivotal because i mean man this industry is changing so fast and it's double or quadrupled in speed in the last few years so but you stayed successful i mean you're still in it if you weren't successful you would not be an ia today and we have our ups and our downs but what has the number one characteristic been for jay to be and stay successful up until now
1: Okay, number, I have one big thing overall. And that's something that as a new IA or maybe even some IAs out there today need to ask themselves. Why would an insurance company want to use you versus anybody else? How, what kind of difference can you bring to the claim? How could you make that claim be that much more? Uh, make it go faster and be able to resolve it without having their inside adjuster to be constantly calling the shop or making them do a lot of additional work. So, how could you make it easier on them?
0: Mm. Dang, that's a that's a good question to be asking. And uh, I can honestly say that in the first four or five years of my career as an IA. I never even thought to ask the question because I didn't view myself as a business. I viewed myself as they give me work, and then I handled the work when it comes in, and I was never proactive as you became. So um, as you've been successful, as you've been proactive, what are the biggest challenges been for you over the past – what's it been, 20 years now?
1: Yeah, it, oh, more than that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So what have those challenges been for you that have been the toughest to overcome through the years?
1: I think it's been finding, uh, and, and as it gets more and more, more time passes trying to find quality help because not very few people are coming into this industry today. We have the same problems as body shops do trying to find good technicians.
0: And now Jay, how, how, big is your coverage area like is it like three states two states you know like how big is it
1: actually bigger than three states we're we're, we're currently working on covering the whole southeastern um, all the southeastern states at this moment
0: wow so you're you've been in a few states you're expanding you're already having that trouble finding good help so these other companies who are nationwide got to be having the same trouble am i right like this is we, this, yeah. this is an epidemic <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a very serious one too, and the the only way that I'm finding out that I could overcome this epidemic is you have to take time and invest and train people the right way. Even you have to train some people from scratch. Yeah, that's that's what you need to do.
0: Beautifully said. So with that being your greatest challenge is finding the help, the good help, right? Not just anybody, but the good help. What has been the most rewarding part of being an IA company, Ben, for you?
1: Well, I think the part of being an IA company that is most rewarding is that I have my freedom and I can more or less control my time. But at the same, at, at, the, at the same time, it does require working a lot of hours. But I don't, uh, I, I mean, I could never imagine being cooped up in an office all day again, even though I spend most of my days here in our office. But, you know, I have staff and I can still go out and um, and see the world, too, when I want. Yeah. So that's just, just just that's just a couple things. Um, and the other thing is as hard as you work, you know, you you determine really how much money you want to make. Bingo depends, it depends how hard you want to work too.
0: And there's some tasks that we do that are a whole lot harder than others and you can kind of decide this is worth my time. This isn't worth my time. I'm going to sub this out to somebody else. And I know you to increase your income and your expertise is kind of, you know, how I kind of got to know you was you were the heavy equipment guy. I knew nobody who said I know heavy equipment with, with confidence like you did. So what kind of steered you to heavy equipment? How'd you get started in that phase of it?
1: Oh, that's a, that's a whole other story here. Um, this was when I first got into the auto end. I was I mean, was probably an appraiser for about maybe two, three years just doing auto. And the one company I was working for um, just started giving heavy equipment claims. I'm like, I know nothing about these. I don't want to do them. I want nothing to do with them at all. They take too much time. Wow, 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 cry me an earful. They wouldn't accept that. <laughs>
0: Thank God thank God they didn't
1: and um, so what I, what I did was I started to really educate myself and studying on how some of these specialty specialty pieces of equipment are built I started spending my a- afternoons when I would get done seeing my claims in a local uh, truck and trailer repair shop and I started watching how they were how they were they were giving the opportunity to let me watch how repairs are being done and i was able to educate myself from the inside going out what i mean is from you know from the shop from seeing how the repairs are done then being able to go back out into the adjusting world so i knew what to write.
0: no way you mean you actually did something you weren't getting paid for to learn i'm blown away right now (laughs) how many ias need to hear that again rewind that for a second Jay went in his own time when he didn't have work, and spent time at a shop. One of our other guests did the same thing in a few weeks ago. He went and spent time in a shop, and just begged for work, basically, and begged to learn. So, guys, listen to what Jay's saying. You got to put some effort in if you want to increase your income. It's not always with pay, right, Jay? Like, you, how much time do you think you invested to learn that?
1: Uh, probably close to anywhere from like eight months to a year, maybe.
0: Wow. So over the course of eight months to a year, you spent time off and on in that heavy equipment shop, but that's positively affected your revenue over the past, however many years it's been, right? Significantly?
1: It has. And there was something else that I did as well. Once I started gaining experience because one of the other challenges is with, uh, IA's when they when it comes to heavy equipment oh it's so hard to get part prices it's so hard to do this it's so hard to do this. but let's just focus in on the parts prices for a minute what I did was I find my you know what I made find I got to the core see what I was mostly doing whether it was Freightliners Kenworth, Peterbilt and I found out you know the, the dealers that I was getting my prices from and, you know every so many months i would I would drop it drop in a, a gift card like a Merc Express gift card or a bass pro shop gift card you know you know I, but what I did was like I you know made friends with the people there and I find out what they like and you know I would just go ahead and bring them a gift card every so often
0: mm. pro all the way right there that's a pro move I love that one I love it so. So, Jay, since we're on the topic of heavy equipment and you are like the heavy equipment master that I know, what, what do we have? So you zeroed in on part prices. So if you name the top three things that I started with, I think you already named them all, was part prices, um, uh, let's do you know part prices, just the top three tips that people need with the part prices, the options of the truck. We've talked about that to some extent. Um, and just the things that they need to do during the inspection. Can you give three big takeaways here that IAs can just take in their back pocket and go, okay, I feel a little bit better the next time I got to do an inspection that I know maybe where to go? What are three things you could tell them?
1: Uh, I actually, have, I may even have a few more than that. Okay. One of the big things is, especially when you're doing a truck, a lot of the IAs are afraid to write them, they're, they're, they're overwhelmed. And and I just just tell them it's just an oversized – in a way, just an oversized car with with an extra axle on it and a a tilt-forward hood and a couple additional body parts on the side. And it's no different than riding a car. The other thing is whatever you do – and this is what's really driving – IA prices down today is by IA's copying just the shop estimates or getting the shop to write them an estimate, then copying it. They've got to start taking matters into their own hands and be accountable and write their own estimates and not not be intimidated. Um, The other thing is when it comes to parts, you need to know your alternate part suppliers. You need to be in tune with LKQ part suppliers, with aftermarket part suppliers, and that way, when you go to do your report, you could show the company the cost savings and what you've been able to do, and that shows your true value as a heavy equipment adjuster.
0: Mm, that's a good one. I like that.
1: All right. You got any more? Uh. There's oh, you there, taught me. Actually, what- actually, yeah, yeah, I do. And we just spoke about that. As, um, was really, the first step in doing these is learning how to properly identify um, a unit, whether it's a truck, a trailer, a uh, backhoe. And to the new IA, what I suggest always doing is taking the extra time and getting a build sheet from uh, one of those dealers. And that way you can go through the checklist on your uh, option sheet what this, what this truck or trailer or whatever it is you're working on usually has. Because, because there's a lot of times like when you go to, to write your estimate, they're going to need to know how many gallons does this fuel tank have? Uh, what's the horsepower, uh, of this engine? Um, and you know uh, what, what model, uh, Eaton Fuller, uh, transmission is in this or you might need to, you might be looking for an LKQ cab and most of the time you need something with that with the same engine and trans that was in that uh unit before to be able to match it up so and these you
0: get the build sheet from the manufacturer. That's
1: from what you, the actually from the dealer. From the yep. dealer.
0: Okay. And one thing you mentioned to me before was You gotta make sure you just get a picture of all the plates because it kinda has that some of that same information if you can't get that build sheet. Am I right? You know, the picture of the the VIN, but not just the VIN, we gotta get the the gallon size of the tanks and any label or identification you see, take a picture of
1: it. That is correct. Anything with any kind of label, you wanna like you know if you're doing a uh, a tractor, you wanna look inside the door jam, you wanna uh, make sure you get Pictures of everything from from the production date to the uh, to the GVR to the, the capacity of each axle. Uh, try to get as much information uh, about the engine and trans. And that and, and then speaking of that, you want any time you're working on a tractor trail, you always want to open the hood, always and try to get as much information. You know, take pictures of the engine compartment, of any tags on the uh, engine itself. Cause that, cause knowing how to identify these is half your battle.
0: Awesome. Love those tips. Now, guys, that may sound overwhelming to you, and it is a little bit if you've never done it before, but once you go through this process a few times, don't refuse the next heavy equipment assignment you get. Take these tips, and maybe I'll try to comp- pile on the ones that jay just said a nice easy guide or something uh in tribute to jay here that you know the next time you go out you're not overwhelmed that you can just kind of look through it and make sure you're doing the things that you need to do but man just that stuff he said right there could change your world and heavy equipment pays way more um than what uh, standard autos do. Writing a Ford focus is is easy, right? You shouldn't be getting paid the same amount to build this sheet. So, Jay, what do you use for estimating with heavy equipment? Because it's not the same as autos. They don't have it in CCC1, Autotex, or Mitchell. So what do you use?
1: Okay, well, the first thing I want to tell you is not to use CCC1 or Autotex. Um, My clients will not accept those. You could use uh, Mitchell. Uh, the new the new Mitchell has Truck Guest built within it. You don't have to get Truck separate anymore. The online but, version? The online yeah. se- Mitchell does? Actually, all the new Mitchells right now have um, it all built in. They don't do Truck Guest separate okay. anymore. What I do is uh, what I currently use, uh, I use um, Truck rider software. It's called Truck rider Estimating. Um, and that's um, put out by my good friend uh, David uh, Jimenez. Uh, that's truck writer estimating software. I'm gonna uh, give you his number. It's very reasonably priced. You can get it for ninety nine dollars a month. Uh, One David, claim, you pay for it, right? Exactly. Uh, I'm gonna give you. His, I'm gonna do a little uh, shout out for uh, David here. I'm gonna give you his phone number. You can tell him that I sent you. Is number seven one three five seven four seven seven eight two. Again, seven one three five seven four seven seven eight two. He will give you the personalized service that you deserve. Not like not like calling uh, Mitchell International and you sit there on hold for twenty minutes and you know what I mean. Yeah. So, but yeah, tell tell David I sent you and uh, he'll take really good care of you
0: awesome well and i'll also add that to the show notes as well um because we want people to be able to figure this out we want people if they want to do heavy equipment to do it right you know we we're trying to increase the value of the ia not just put together a sloppy product you know we've done that for too long it's time to start getting serious so if you're wanting to do heavy equipment check the software out contact david and so jay as we kind of look towards the end of the interview um got a got a question you got to answer and it you could go back. What was the year you started being an IA? Nineteen
1: ninety seven.
0: Okay, so in nineteen ninety seven, if you go back to nineteen ninety seven when you were thinking about taking the leap to becoming an IA, what would you go tell yourself in that moment with what you know now that would help guide you along the way?
1: Um well that's a that's that's def, that's definitely a good question. I would um probably pay more, more attention to the quality of my inspections. Uh, I would have taken the time more on some of my files and some of my inspections and not have rushed, uh, through them. Cause that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a thing that uh, the new IA will do is to try to rush to do too much work. Um, and, but more importantly, be open. To do more than just cars, be open to learn property, be open to learn liability work, in addition to um, just appraisals. Uh, You need, you know. See, I myself, I'm a multi-line adjuster, and you need to be have you need to have multiple lines that you are proficient in, not just not just one.
0: Wow. So, if you're listening and you are new or you are still just doing autos. Jay is talking to you. If you have a future in this industry, do not isolate yourself to one revenue stream. It's the death of business. Once you have one revenue stream and you get stagnant, something will change in the industry that will knock your feet out from under you and you could lose it. I, I was foreclosed on because that was my mindset was I had my work. I was doing daily autos, and that was it. And the three companies – I only worked for three. That's why I have made new rules for other IAs. I worked for three companies. Two, one bought out. One went bankrupt. And the other one, it was January. Guess what happens? No work, right? So mm-hmm. I, I lost everything at one point, but that's what sent me on my path now to where I am today. But Jay's telling you what's coming. <laughs> Be multi-lined uh, in your business and in, in insurance in general. So, Jay. How can people get in contact with you? Whether it's an insurance company wanting to give you work, whether it's an IA firm, maybe wanting you to, to help them with their heavy equipment and and train people, or just a new IA needing to reach out to get get you know that helping hang-in, how can they reach you?
1: They can they can reach me at 828-674-3645. Again, eight two eight six seven four three six four five. My email address is my first name spelled out, J A Y at Bassett.com services.com and bassett is b-a-s-e-t just one t and bassett
0: okay and i'll include that in the show notes as well so when you're done driving getting to your next claim if you want to reach out to jay it's going to be there for you jay keep walking your path man because you are helping others you help me on a day-to-day basis you've encouraged me to do things that i uh, wasn't already looking to do and I appreciate you sharing your knowledge of the industry and your experience and your story with everybody there's actually, listening.
1: There's actually one more thing I want to okay, add. go for it. This, this is really to, you know, a lot of like the single person IAs out there today. Um, never stop marketing yourself. Even if you feel like you have enough work, you want to always have seven, eight, nine, ten sources of work, not to just be, have one Have one main source. You want to have multiple sources, and that's for like what Chris had said. You know, when he had a company go out or get bought out by another, you always want to have. You never wanted to be dependent on one particular client.
0: Absolutely, take that to heart from all of us with personal experience in that. You need to be diversified. Is is diversified in stocks as you would be. You need to be that diversified in in revenue streams and clients. So, Jay, thanks for being on the podcast today.
1: Oh, thank you, Chris. It was a pleasure. All right. We'll talk soon. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Take the next steps on your path to becoming an IA. Visit IAPath.com steps to get your free guide with the first five steps to becoming an independent adjuster. Visit IAPath.com steps.